Welcome back to the program, folks. This is your host, Stu Jenkins, with Slow County Public Policy and the Law, and I'm speaking with financial giant Tim Ranzetta about the initiative that Californians for Financial Education have put on the ballot to require that all high school students have at least one semester of personal financial education. Tim, before the break, we were were talking a little bit about uh, some of the uh, elements that would go into this education. But um, if folks are interested, can you tell us what the website is for uh, the initiative again? Yes. The website for the initiative is Financial Ed. So that's F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L-E-D, the number four. CA.com.com. Okay. You'll have all the details that you need, and as well as if you'd like to join our coalition, there's a sign-up opportunity for you there, and then we'll reach out to you about ways you can get involved to support this. And and most of the uh, petitions for this initiative are being passed by by folks who are professional petition passers, aren't? Isn't that right? That's exactly right. And so you may... uh, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm getting pictures of tables outside of popular areas like the local Target or maybe a supermarket uh, with a sign that says, you know, financial ed for all, financial education for all California high school students. So be sure to take advantage of that opportunity to sign that petition. Uh, we also have a volunteer toolkit on our website, too, which, again, will show you different ways that you can you can help support this effort. And. Because the petition passers take money, are you, uh, as an organization, are you accepting donations from folks? We would love donations. There's a donate button on the uh, on the website also. And as you mentioned, uh, the cost of these campaigns can be pretty pretty prohibitive. We've got the the resources to get us to November, but you know, the board the more donations, uh, the better. The biggest cost, as you allude to, is actually the signature gathering process. When I looked at the Secretary of State's website, uh, I found two things. One was uh, that you have to actually get 546,651 valid signatures of registered voters in California. Yes, you do. And you actually, as a result, you know, because of the challenges, um, the challenge of getting making sure that all of those signatures are accurate, you actually end up collecting quite a bit more than those because you you do want to have a buffer there um, so that you're far in excess, even of that, the minimum requirements. I I really would look at that as the minimum requirement. Um, Oh, yeah. And the good news is we we are more than halfway there. So I think the speed at which we're collecting signatures is a great indication of the the popularity of this initiative. A a few years ago, I was um, involved in an effort here in the city of San Luis Obispo, and we we gathered three times as many signatures as we needed because we wanted to buffer, but it also, you know, if you can gather a million signatures, that tells the legislature they ought to really just adopt this bill without uh, going through the cost of putting it on the ballot. Absolutely. So if folks uh, if folks sign up, that's a good thing. Well, some of the things, uh, Tim, that I noticed, uh, really basic things here that I don't think kids get out of high school understanding right now in California. 
uh, one of the elements of this education that's required is how to evaluate types of credit and their features. Uh, and, you know, talking about the dangers of predatory lending practices and tipping off kids on how to spot those. Uh, that's, uh, that's just a wonderful feature of what this would do. Yeah, I'd say I'd add two things to that. I think what's mm-hmm. even more pernicious is the trillion dollars and trillion dollars plus in credit card debt that's getting rolled over on a consistent basis month after month where annual interest rates on that debt is in excess of 23, 24% these days. And I remember um, we're big believers. Uh, the nonprofit in ensuring that students learn how to read the fine print. And so one of our exercises is actually having students read through a credit card, you know, the disclosure that comes, it's called the Schumer box. I'm getting a little technical here, but it's usually one to two pages listing all the fees. Named after Senator Schumer, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, that's correct. And it was 2009, I think it was the CARD Act um, that was a result of it. But having students go through that, just remembering the comments they had, like, wow, there's a lot of fees here. Wow, the fact that you make one late payment and your APR, your annual percentage rate gets jumped up. I mean, when I talked about the $126,000 lifetime value of a personal finance course, a lot of that is due to the ability to manage your credit better. And the, the second piece of it, and I think it's an area where students don't know what they don't know, it's credit score. You know, I was at a hearing yesterday in Massachusetts uh, for a, a similar bill, a bill going through the legislature there. And the students, you know, who were a little bit older, maybe a couple of years out of high school, and they talked about how they didn't understand how important the credit score is, not only for getting lower interest rates on their loans, lower premiums on your insurance as well as in certain jobs they check your credit score before they decide whether or not to hire you whether you can get an apartment i mean it's such a critical factor and the analogy i always use credit scores it's an escalator on the way up so what that means is it takes time of you know on-time payments not you know borrowing too much it takes time to build that up but the unfortunate thing is on an elevator down. And if you don't understand how to manage that effectively, those sorts of decisions can have real long-term effects well, and understanding on your that future. The, the down elevator is a lot faster than the up elevator, too. Uh, the escalator. I'm sorry. Yeah, the escalator that's you know, taking time to get up. And so it's, yeah. um, it's, it's such an important lesson, and it's, it's one if we can get them prior to making these sorts of decisions can, can just make a tremendous impact. Well, I, I think everybody, well, the fact that uh, 8 out of 10 Californians already think this is a good idea, I think means that if, we, if it can be put on the ballot, uh, it should pass handily. Um, yeah, so I'll just, I'll, one other thing I just want to make sure I yeah. add, which is when I, when I talk to adults uh, and tell them what I do, I hear two things. The first is, that's a class I wish I had. And the second thing they say is, can you teach my kids? So I guess I've chosen chosen to do the latter because I I don't have a time machine that could take us back. (laughs) Well, now, 
We need to start talking to the physicists about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of one of the uh, final things that is required to be taught if this passes is how kids can identify ways to finance their college or their workforce education. Uh, say they want to get into the trades including scholarships, merit aid, and student loans. And, of course, student loans can be a big quagmire. Uh, it would be important, I think, to let kids know in uh, high school, at least by the time of high school, that uh, they want to be very careful about whether or not they get a loan for going to college and, and how that's structured. Is that something you foresee? Absolutely. And I think this is one of the most important decisions that young people make about what they want to do after high school. And I think when you look at the situation in California, which is very similar to many other states, the ratio of students to college counselors is at such a level, you know, five, six hundred to one, six hundred students for every counselor. They can't, they don't have the opportunity to get to know every student. So we need to make sure they all have this knowledge that's necessary. Uh, the FAFSA, for example, we're going through a process now where the FAFSA has just changed dramatically. And so, again, my nonprofit NGPF, we've, we're working with tens of thousands of educators across the country to get this, this information out to them. Um, but it's, it's not an easy process, you know, wh- whether it's the FAFSA or whether it's evaluating the award letter that comes back from the university saying how much uh, financial aid is available to you as well as well as the cost of attendance. And so it's it's absolutely this is one of the most important decisions students are going to make, and we need to make sure we're providing them with the tools to be able to to evaluate them. and it's it's one of the research findings was that a personal finance course, the impact is they make better decisions about how to pay for college. And I think it's just giving the time and space to them to be able to plan accordingly. Well, that's wonderful. I think a lot, uh, you observed during the break, a lot of teachers uh, are just trying to factor this in in an English class. But, of course, they got to teach English. Well, folks, we're coming up on another hard break. This is Stu Jenkins with Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Stay tuned. We're going to have more with Tim Ranzetta about the initiative to educate kids on personal finance. 